All right, it's Go Team Sunday. Yeah. This is awesome. If you don't know what Go Team stands for, the, the Go stands for Global Outreach. So this is a Sunday where every year we really focus in on how God is calling us as a church family to be a part of what he's doing all over the world. And I'm up here with Troy Spillman, our local global serving pastor. You got it. I got Oof. it right. Yeah. All right, that's good. And, uh, and of course, Charles Kurtek, our Go Team's coordinator. And I, I wanted to do something. We're going to do several things today in, in kind of a discussion way. We're going to walk through our passage, which, which brings out our main theme for this year. We're going to end up talking very practically about what we're going to do and how the, this whole idea of being ambassadors for Christ applies to all of us. But I wanted to do something before that. And, and that's that I, I know there's probably some of you in here that you're thinking, all right, I'm not really a missions person. That's something for other people. And you may even assume the three guys up here, they must have been these guys that like, since they were four, they wanted to do missions and (laughs) champion that, Um, which is really not the case with any of us. So I thought, why don't each of us just take a couple minutes and share about how the idea of cross-cultural gospel work has become something that God's put on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so Troy, why don't you start with that? Yeah, so I gave my life to the Lord when I was 19, but it wasn't until I became a youth pastor at 23 that I actually did something international. Before that, it was kind of foreign to me, but uh, one of the pastors kind of challenged me. said, hey, what about bringing junior hires to the Philippines? And I thought it was crazy. (laughs) Uh, We ended up for seven months training, preparing, raising money. We took 13 junior hires to the Philippines, me and my wife and a team. And we went up into these like villages that are super remote, like way up, like where it's cloudy all the time. And so when we're up there, we realize, hey, there's people here that have never heard about Jesus. Hopeless. We thought, okay, we can do something about this. We can help meet this need. And God did a work in our group, in our church, by going in faith to another place. So I've seen the work that God does through us, but also the work that God does in us through this. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Charles? Well, I, I accepted Christ when I was 17 and then just had a really, I was in the military and, and I went through some really tough places for a few years, but just coming full circle, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I was really in getting more involved in, in a different church and then we came here. Uh, and I'd never considered missions. That, that was like, a, you know, I don't go over there. We have work to do here. In fact, I remember it was probably eight years ago at a different church, and we were asking about doing a Mexico thing. And I was like, we're not going to take the kids to Mexico. That's not <laughs> happening. That's not safe. I'm a risk manager. You know, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so um, it, it's really crazy to be here a few years later, just, just, you know, within five, six years, you know, saying yes to little things like leading a life group, saying yes to a leadership group. We, you know, it was in Leadership Matters that I got introduced to the idea and said, well, I think I could do that. I'll help, you know, Tim Longo and we'll lead a team and it'll be fine. I had no idea what I was saying yes to. And, and um, it, it really is a fire that was lit in, in me. And, and I, just, I just have this um, call and this passion to serve overseas with or help support that in some way. And, and so the call and missions to me is 
I get pretty excited, those of you who know me, so I, I remember hearing a couple years ago at a missions conference this term UPG, Unreached People Group. There's this you know, third of the world that hasn't heard about Jesus. Why aren't we just talking to them? Why are we doing anything else but that right now? You know, I get really fired up that way. So uh, there's a whole big world of missions. And so I, I just feel like that call really was cultivated here at LBF, actually. And, and some of the, you know, you guys were instrumental, uh, Russ Parker, Gary, there's, there's a lot of people who've you know, supported that and helping grow that. And, and so LBF has been the, the jumping off point for me. And, and I'm, I'm just excited for that. Yeah. And, and I'll just share briefly for me also, because some of you may relate to this, but I, when I was in high school, I actually had some off-putting experiences with missionaries. And I don't know, I, looking back, it probably was mostly me. It was probably mostly me being defensive and maybe feeling insecure and like, you're not a better Christian than me just because you went over there. And, and so I really, I had my guards up and, and just kind of had the attitude, you know, a soul in California is just important, uh, you know, as a soul anywhere else, which is true. But, but it was really in college that, that I realized, gosh, uh, my heart is not aching for people that God's heart is aching for. And so much, the, the gospel, we're going to talk about it today. The gospel is a gospel of reconciliation, Reconciliation of God with man, reconciliation of man with man. So man, the, the idea of being part of the Kenyan and the American being one, mm. that the idea of being a part of the gospel uniting us really captured my heart um, with both giving and then even going a lot more than I ever would have imagined <laughs> years ago. I, I don't even like to leave my house. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm an introvert. Um, but, but our theme this year is ambassadors, um, which is based on a key verse. I'll, I'll put up the key verse right now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And so, Troy, why don't you lead us off just by leading us through this verse and sort of leading through why the theme of ambassadors has become something that was central enough that we wanted to make it our theme of where we're going this year. Yeah, so let's start off by just looking at the verse where Paul says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Although God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Like you can just kind of hear the passion. It's like, look, I, I can help be a part of making a match here. People that are lost with Jesus. And that's really what Paul was about. Now, there's some terms here we just need to look at. We need to like unpack. So you have this term ambassador. You know, we, we get this idea of an ambassador as like a representative from one country, one place to another. And an ambassador's role is not to represent their own ideas, their, their own thoughts. Really, they're, they're actually given what to say. They, they have a clear message they're supposed to give. You know, and part of that, it's like this is a charge that's given to them. And so they have authority to give that message. Um, their goal is not to make the hearers happy. Like he's not trying to, to necessarily win everyone over in that sense, or even try to present maybe their own spin on the message. They have a clear message to give. Now for us, you think about us as believers, we, we can embrace this role that we're ambassadors wherever we go. And we don't just represent California or the Inland Empire or United States or even LBF. We represent Christ. Like we're citizens of heaven. And so that's really our calling card when we go somewhere. So then another term we need to look at or just phrase is making this appeal. Like we're appealing to others. You know, God chose to use us. 
He chose to use humans, saved people. He isn't using angels. He doesn't use just a couple prophets, even though he could have. I think angels would be way more effective at this, really. <laughs> um, but yet, he chooses us, fallen people who have been changed. And so he wants to use you and me in this process. Now, here's the wild thought. We're plan A. We're plan A with delivering this, this eternal message, and there's no plan B. There's no backup plan. We are the plan that God has. Okay, so then, who are we doing this for? On Christ's behalf. So if, if Jesus were here, he would be up here at the pulpit. He would be here up here on the stage. But yet, he's not here physically, so he uses us. And so he uses us to represent him. So eternity's at stake here. You know, we're talking about heaven and hell. And we represent, again, another. We represent Christ. Okay, and then another little phrase, the idea is that we're reconciled to God, where we're, we're going to bring to there. Basically, we're at war. The idea of reconciliation is that you're bringing peace. You're kind of bartering the deal. You're, you're making two that, that had friction, that were apart, and bringing them together. Where if there's a rift or a disagreement. So God wants us, you and me, to help broker this deal between fallen humanity and Jesus. He wants to use you and me. It's been said, Christianity is basically like one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread, where the source is. Hey, we're not the source. He's the source. So we're all ambassadors. <laughs> we're all part of the go, whatever that looks like. That could be here where we're sending people, supporting those that go, or actually go physically ourselves. I think it's kind of daunting when you say that we're plan A, right? And there's yeah. no backup. And, and again, I relate that to, you know, just a few years ago saying, like, I, I, it's not really for me. And, and to this place where it's, I can do this, but it, I can do this in Christ. I can do this because I'm called to do this. We can do this together, you know, just regular folks, just regular congregation volunteers serving that have a heart to, to spread that gospel. Real quick, I know that this isn't, this isn't part of our scripted plan, but, but Charles, I know watching the video that we all got to watch, that was an emotional thing for you because the last two years, yeah. you know, you joke, I'm not going to take my family to Mexico. You took <laughs> yeah. your family to Thailand two years yeah. in a row. Yeah, um, Could you just real quick give us some insight into what we were seeing and hearing there at the end of that video. Yeah, so the first service was really lucky because I hadn't seen the video at all. So I was sitting here watching the end going, oh, wow, like it got me. And, and, it, and, and I got a little choked up because that end, um, and there's several of us in here that were there last year, that was a prison where these guys were in shackles, uh, you know, like 1800s type shackles. And, and they were, it was a lot to see. And you had these few believers that really broke out in song and somebody gave them a guitar and they were singing, as you heard, with all um, just, just abandoned to, to God. And you can just tell. And it was just really a powerful thing that happened. But I remember that was part of our debrief a few times. And so those of us around the team talking about it, that it was just so impactful to see what one believer can do. Because it wasn't us. It wasn't the people we were working with. Somebody, a missionary, a cross-cultural worker, shared the gospel with that person who shared the gospel with the guy who's in jail, and he was just knowing he's prisoned and shackled, and he has that hope in Christ. And it was, it was a very powerful moment. Yeah. Amen. Well, well, one of the things, we, what we want to do now is that this whole idea of being an ambassador. We, we want to say, we, thankfully, we have men and women who have gone before us who have modeled this for us. So let's try to learn from them a little bit. And so, yeah. Troy, why don't you start us off? Let's just talk about the guy who wrote this, the <laughs> yeah. Apostle Paul, maybe the best model of an ambassador that we've ever had. 
Yeah, so Paul had his missionary journeys, and here's a guy that God radically saved. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a persecutor of Christians. He put Christians in jail. Uh, he gave approval when they're being murdered. And so here's a guy that was radically transformed. And he thought, look, if I can be used of the Lord, I will go wherever he wants me to go. So he's on one of his missionary journeys. He's in Athens. He's actually waiting for his friends, Silas and and Timothy, who are in Berea. And so he has kind of some idle time. So what does he do? No pun intended. Because in Athens is full of idols. And as he kind of saw the, the spiritual landscape, he was stirred up. So we'll just start right here in Acts 17, verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day, those who happened to be there. So here he is. He, he sees what's going on. He sees the lostness, and it just breaks his heart. He's like, I can't just stand here. I, I need... I need to engage. I need to make some kind of connection. And so a little later on, he actually goes kind of the, the main area. There's this famous um, sermon that he gives called Sermon on Mars Hill. It's the Aeropagus, which is basically just a hillside that has literally stone seats on it. And that's kind of where a lot of debate would take place. People would just um, give speeches. They would they would hold trials and discuss like important stuff, what all happened right there. So that's where he goes. And he starts off by kind of making some common ground. He says, I see that you're very religious. You know, he kind of tries to, you know, make a connection. I get that you're seeking spiritual things, spiritual answers. Maybe I can help with this. And so to make more of a connection, you know, he, as he's going along, he sees that there's, there's idols everywhere. And there is basically this one that said to the unknown God, so that really kind of got his attention. So he uses that. So says, hey, let me tell you about this God that you don't know. The unknown God, he wants to be known. And he can't be known. And let me tell you. There's also another part where he actually quotes some of their own prophets. Where they say, we are his offspring. He says, look, you're made in God's image. There's a plan for you. But you're not walking in it. So he didn't pick a fight. He wasn't trying to beat him up, but he was willing to share the truth. Mm -hmm. And so it all connects back to the Lord. And that's really our goal is to to make connections. He was making bridges like with this culture. He was looking for common ground and how can I connect with this culture and bridge him back to the saving hope we have in Jesus. So you think about us, how do we find common ground in our culture? Well, it's going to look different. If I'm talking to a business professional, it's going to be a little different than maybe I'm talking to an athlete or to maybe a teacher or someone in the trades. You know, I'm going to have a different approach, maybe even different analogies. If I'm talking to a teenager or children or young marrieds or parents or seniors, I'm going to talk differently. Uh, Maybe when I'm in a culture like Southeast Asia or Kenya or Mexico or probably the the strangest of all, Southern California, I'm looking for connections. Paul was trying to build a bridge, and it's like this. I want to be able to take someone's hand and then take the hand of Jesus and say, you guys need to meet up. You need to connect. You need to know each other. And so it's like I want to bring them together. Because, look, I really don't have the answers. Jesus has answers, and I want to make that connection. Yeah. And, and not only, I mean, Paul, of course, it's, it's hard to get better than Paul 
with an ambassador for Christ. But, but Charles, you know, throughout history, we've had men and women who've gone before us. And so why don't you talk us through sort of bridging the gap from all the way back in the pages of the New Testament to throughout church history and even to today, how we get to look to the models of people who have been those ambassadors for Christ in cross-cultural situations. Absolutely. You know, one of the ones that comes to mind for me is Hudson Taylor. You know, I, I went through perspectives recently and, and what a great class that is. And you get a lot of history there and how to, t- exactly that, how tying from Abraham to, you know, um, right up to Jesus and, and Acts and then, you know, Paul. And it's, it's really an amazing message of what we, it's all about mission really is from, from the time of Abraham to go out, you know, and, and talk about the Lord or spread the gospel. And, and so Hudson Taylor, he, he felt that call uh, in 1853, he left England and, and he went out, he had that call to go and serve in China. But at that time it was actually, he was one of the most um, countercultural missionaries to go because he went and, and immersed himself in the culture. He, he did things that a lot of people thought were weird. He, he dressed like the culture. In fact, some people said, you know, he's, he's not a Christian anymore. He's not even acting like a Christian because he's wearing their clothes and trying to talk their language, that are adopting some of their um, practices, that's okay. That's what we call him a cross-cultural worker, but he laid that, that groundwork because it was, he was trying to spread the love by connecting with the folks there. And it, and it just, it stands out to me how, how amazing that is. And, and that was a long time ago, right? And there's been a lot of, new, you know, different missionaries, different cross-cultural workers in newer times. And you think about, you know, the Elliots and, and on into current day of, of we have people right here LBF was founded on a missional uh, mindset. This is what the founders of LBF said, and we're going to go out. And, and many of them were on the mission field, are still, if you think about the Cuisenberries, uh, Pete and Mary, in Thailand and working in Southeast Asia, they helped found, found this church. You know, the Brinkleys, who we still have ties to here, they, they helped found the church, and, and they were uh, in the Middle East for a long time. There's just, there's just so many folks here, and, and now you've got the Kipropes, who, who also are probably our most current uh, missionaries that we've sent out. You know, we, we've partnered with, one I want to highlight is, is Ron, um, Miller in Southeast Asia, you know, he has, a, he has one of those stories too, that he had this call in his late 40s, which encourages me because it does, you don't have to be a college student and just, I was a mission major and now I'm just going to go on the, that's not how it works. It's, you get a call and you can go, you can go in your late 40s and 50s and even in retirement, we have young retired folks here or people who are just getting ready to retire. They're very young, some young retired people who are ready to start the next chapter <laughs> in their life on the mission field. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, okay? <laughs> I know several of you. Um, you know, but I, I, I even feel it myself because, you know, coming back, you know, my, my wife's not in the service still, so I can talk about it. We, we, we are praying about it. I mean, who knows what we can do with our family and, and other families here. Maybe you're in the middle of, of your family life, but God can use that. Maybe it's for long-term work or somewhere in between short-term and long-term. But Ron had this amazing story. He, he answered the call in his late 40s went to Thailand with a backpack and nothing else. And he's been there 30 plus years now, four orphanages later, third generation, uh, spreading the gospel in, in Myanmar, in, in uh, Laos and Vietnam. He, he's, and he's an old retired vet from, from Vietnam who had this call for Southeast Asia. And it's just amazing to see those stories. They're still happening today. It's not a for yesterday. It's not for the history books. We can be a part of this. We are a part of this. And that's really what excites me because myself included, all of us, we, we can be a part of that. And it's exciting. It, it really is. is. It, it is. And that's, 
And that, that's where we, before we get to kind of unveil where we're going this next year, we did want to take some time to say, you know, this call for ambassadors is for all of us. Yeah. Um, we like to use we terminology. You, you are not uh, a Southern Californian who happens to be a Christian. You are somebody that God has placed at this time and place to be an ambassador for Jesus. Um, and so we want to all embrace that call. But we also want to talk about how God is leading us to those cross-cultural situations and, and Troy, both kind of in the immediate short term, but also beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a couple different ways to attack this, you could say. One would be, of course, our short-term GO teams, which we're going to be really highlighting today. We have seven different locations all over the globe. Um, and a short-term team kind of brings this big boost and encouragement to those that are on the field long-term. And so those that are out there, like we get to come and bring resources. We bring kind of this extra level of energy. We bring skill sets that are are very unique. And so we get to be a boost, come alongside them. Because look, we're not going to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to make disciples of all nations, just with short-term teams. You know, there's a short and a long. So we want to be support to the long-termers that are out there that we can support. We come alongside. But also just in the process of the short-term teams, I would hope that you'd be praying. How could you be involved? Maybe you're supposed to go. Maybe you're supposed to support. And so some of those trips have some significant price tags to them because you're going to the other side of the world. Okay, and so that could be intimidating. Here's what I'd say. Don't write yourself off for this. I've seen God provide in amazing ways, and really, maybe some of us, we're going to be the ones that are going to financially support this endeavor where we get to be involved as well. You know, it actually takes teams to be able to go, to actually send one person to go. And so we're all in this. We all have a stake in this. And so that's kind of the beautiful part is is the unity and the faith that develops in this whole process I've seen over the six, 12 months before teams actually go. And so also, if you think about long-term cross-cultural workers. So our church supports 12 long-term workers. Okay, but here's the thing. LBF hasn't sent anyone out for a very long time. We want to change that. And so it could be someone that gets inspired that goes on one of the short-term teams, but it also could just be someone here that feels like, I'd be willing to think about this. I'd be willing to pray with someone about this. And if you feel God is prompting you I would, I would hope there would be someone in the service, maybe several yeah. or some families in the service that would feel a prompting, and then let's just seek the Lord together to see what he might do. Absolutely. You know, and I think that Troy and I and Dan, we, we had talked about this. We really do want to put to the forefront that we want to find long-term workers, long-term cross-cultural workers who either are ready or they have this, this call that maybe that they've had inside of them and they're not sure what to do with. But we definitely want that to be a big part of this. You know, Go Teams is a good introduction. We think of it as the on-ramp. And anything we do, if you think about what I shared, you know, leading a life group, being participating mm-hmm. here in some other way, serving in life kids, there's so many ways to get on, your, in, on the on-ramp. But, but if it's leading you to that, that goal of a long-term cross-cultural worker, we really want to be excited about talking about that and bringing that as something that we regularly do talk about. And we, like I said, this, this church was founded on, on missional principles and going out. It's just been, there's this gap 
for a while and we haven't found someone who's come up and said, hey, I'm, I've been praying about this and the Lord audibly spoke to me. I, I know several people, I, I don't want to call them out by name, but who served on the field who said they were audibly called by the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing to hear that call. But there's, there's varying ways that that happens. It could be just, just being obedient and, and, and in prayer and in seeking counsel and we want to be a part of that as well. Or, you know, then you're thinking about it, you get on a short-term team and that's that on-ramp. But we do want to find some long-term missionaries in the next couple couple years, some long-term cross-cultural workers that are going to go out and spread that message or be, come alongside a culture and help spread that message uh, of salvation. You know, I, I think it, I didn't say it last, last Thursday, I really like this quote from Hudson Taylor and being that I highlighted him. He, he said, unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith. And, hmm. and there is risk hmm. in doing what uh, yeah. we're talking about right? There's a risk for family. There's a risk for losing friends or people thinking you're weird or why would you give up, you know, this easy life in SoCal to go and live in the, you know, but there's a risk. Um, and, and it's a tough call. It's a, there's a, there's a cost, but it's worth it, right? There's a sense of urgency, uh, to get this done, to be a part of this, uh, spreading the message cross-culturally into all nations. Yeah, and as these guys are saying, I mean, this really is something on our heart. We, we would love to, whether it's yeah. sooner than a couple years, we long and we pray for the idea of us being up here with a person or a couple or a family that has that call and us as a church, not only getting to send out a team for a week, but getting to commission yeah. a team that's heading out for the long term. The gospel, one of the themes of this, the gospel crosses borders, a soul in Kenya or in Czech Republic is not more valuable to God than a soul in Southern California. But the gospel, the message that we can be reconciled to God by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, that unites people and crosses borders. It unites the Brit with the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. It unites us with all the people that we're going with. And so this is cute. So I want to say, just because I, you know, I have a mic on, I want to say two <laughs> things before, before I hand it over to Charles to introduce the teams. Um, and the first is this, and, and I really want to emphasize this. We, we use we terminology with this. Yeah. It's not eight people are going to check. We are going to check. Right. We are a part of this. Some of us are going to be giving. Some of us are going to be going. All of us are going to be praying, hopefully. So, so even when you're talking to one another, I just invite you, use those, that terminology. This is something we as a church are doing. And the second thing I just want to say is there are probably some of you right now that are saying... I know I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's not my thing. I know I'm not going. If you're sitting here saying, I know I'm not going, I want to tell you that we've been praying specifically for you. Yeah, we have. We have. Oh. That's true. And I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah, we did. Every year, there are people on these summer go teams that say, I was sitting there on go team Sunday thinking, no way. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm here now. Some of you that are saying no way are going to be on the go teams because God leads us into risky steps of faith and he makes those pay off. Um, So Charles, I want to hand it over to you and you're going to introduce our team leaders and lead us through a time where we're going to get to hear about where we're going this year. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. So I'm going to ask ask the uh, go team leaders to come up here and as they make their way up, I just wanted to talk a little bit. So we've always done this behind the scenes, but this year we're going to do a little something more formal. We kind of have three levels of teams. There's a kind of an advanced team, an intermediate team, and an introductory team. And there'll be several options out here. They'll speak to them. 
But what we, what we feel like with the advanced team is um, you've actually served on a cross-cultural team through LBF before. So we're going to kind of require that before you go on there. There's a couple of those. Intermediate means, hey, you, you've been involved, you've been serving here maybe, but we want to get you on it. And then, of course, the introductory trip, especially like with Baja and Rosarito, don't, you just, I want you to go. Just check it out. Get on the team, you know, have some affiliation with LBF, whether you're a family member or whatever, friend, but, but check it out. And speaking of Baja, one of the best introductory ways to get introduced is the first trip of the year. I thought you were going to say the best trip to go uh, on. Not but, quite, okay. but, you know, okay. I'll, I'll, they're all good. I'm a little biased. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're like me, um, and you look out in the world and you say, man, there's so much poverty out there. How can I make a difference? Mm. Uh, come, come to Baja. Come to Baja. Or maybe you're like Charles said, you're saying, well, I'm not so sure about go teams. I'm not sure what this is all about. Yeah. This is an easy trip to come on. It's a short weekend. For the last seven years, we've been partnering with Baja Christian Ministries, and we have been building homes just across the border in Tecate, Tijuana. This is our opportunity to make an impact where we convert people from tarp-covered shanties and shacks to solid, simple structures where at the end of the trip, if you think that you're blessing them, wait till you get to see the key handing over ceremony where we are um, blessing people and praying for their new home and they've never had keys to anything. Wow. So if you have more questions, we'll be out there. Come join us in Baja. Absolutely. Thanks, Kurt. Awesome. Um, we are really excited. Uh, my wife, Laura, and I are going to get to lead a team to Kampala, Uganda. Um, and we're going to work with a ministry called Africa Renewal Ministries. And man, this ministry does a ton of stuff. Um, but one of the areas we're going to focus on is that early childhood uh, development program, just loving on the kids and, and loving on the parents while we're over there. And we're also going to get to serve um, at the orphanage that we adopted our son Eli from. And so we've been connected with this ministry for, man, about eight years. And, and Laura got to go back a couple of years ago. So we're really excited to uh, get to take a team from our church. And so if you feel the call that God is uh, just tugging on your heart, man, come talk to us. We'd love to connect with you. That's awesome. And I am Laura Taylor, and Jeff and I um, are excited to head back to Guaymaca, Honduras mm. this summer with um, a team of youth kids as well as others that are interested from the church. And we get to partner with an amazing organization as well um, that is dear to our hearts and would be my sixth time going. And last year, our whole family got to go. It's just been a really special time um, to connect with the orphanage down there. They have over 500 um, kids that have been abandoned in some form, lost of parents or abandoned on the streets, abused. Um, and it is just an incredible opportunity to um, love on them and to do VBS type activities with them um, and just really serve the orphanage however they need us that week. So there's also an information meeting for any parents of students um, that would like to go on February 23rd um, just to get more info with that because it will be a youth focused trip down there, but would love anyone to partner with us. So we are heading up a trip to Rosarito. So with Rosarito, this is something that my family and I have been a part of with a small church 15 years ago. Now it's grown, it's huge. And they planted 20 other churches. 
But what's great is that we get to work right there in that community. There's orphanage there that we work with. There's a, a home with special needs that we go in. Um, there's also a dump ministry. People actually live at the dump. And so we actually go out there, we preach the message, we serve them lunch. And so God is opening some really great doors. But this is a family-friendly trip where this could be good for singles, for married couples, even maybe a parent and a son or daughter or whole families. And so this has actually been really fun, part of the tradition. Our families continue to go on, and so love you to join us. So we're going to uh, the Czech this year, partnering with Josiah Ventures, and we're going to take a team of hopefully college and young adult kids to go over there. What they do is they have camps for to teach English as a second language to Czech kids, so kind of high school, college age kids, and we take some kids that are the same age or a little bit older than them um, to teach them that. The Czech in Eastern Europe is a very unchristian nation, less than 1% Christian. And there's a lot of history there between com communism and the Catholic Church, why a lot of them uh, do not believe. And so when they started this ministry over there, um, this guy went over there and was teaching and just basically said, hey, can I talk to them about Jesus? And they said, as long as it's in English. And so we get this opportunity to go over there and uh, do English camps. And in speaking English, we can tell them about God and tell them about Jesus um, to a, a, a big group of young kids who don't have any faith base or have not been introduced to Jesus yet. So. <coughs> Hi, I'm Lori Baez, and this summer um, I am getting to go to Kenya and partner with Michelle and William Kiprope with Hope Matters and also with the Ilchimus people over there. Um, we're going to be doing a youth camp that's for three days. The youth over there is considered between 16 and 24, um, and so we are so excited to be able to go over there, partner with the leadership, and share just the gospel with um, the youth that are there. So that's our awesome. trip. Well, good morning. I'm Stan Klothenstein. We're going to be going back to Thailand again. We're going to be partnering with our long-term missionaries, uh, Peter and Mary uh, Cuisenberry, and working at their school and with our outreach ministries. We'll also be working with Bon Emanuel with their uh, four orphanages and also outreach ministries to um, Burma and possibly Laos. Um, so you might be sitting there saying, uh, I wonder if I can go, but what I'd like to pose a question to you is, is why can't you go? Mm. I like that. 